are back into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Wednesday, September 28th, right in the middle of week three and week four of the NFL season. Uh, today's episode going to be recapping the uh, Cincinnati Bengals victory over the New York Jets. We are going to talk a little bit about uh, news and some injury updates and, of course, preview the upcoming game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, I am joined by Teddy Pristash. Uh, before I ask him how he's doing, like I do every week, like we haven't spoken for 20 minutes before recording, recording this show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same with the YouTube page. Teddy's at Teddy Huncho. I am at Blake Andrew Pace. Uh, follow some of my Jets work over at Sports Illustrated as well, too. Teddy, how are you? What up? I'm doing good, man. I, I got to tell you. So we just finished week three. Yeah. And. For, for me, week three is the week where it's like officially like now we're in the season, you know, because like week one is the first week and week two is the first week. That's not the first week. So now we're here at week three and it really did feel listen, man, this is the way my brain works. Um, it really did feel just like like we're in the in the thick of things, you know, in the middle of the season. And it's when I start to already like panic that we're already three weeks down of this Yo. 18 week season. I, I was just about to counter with the same thing. I was thinking about it uh, yesterday after the Cowboys Giants game. I was like, fuck, man, we're already three down. Like, it sucks. Isn't that crazy? It's after isn't next that week, terrible? it's a quarter of the way Dude, through. It's an addiction. This this oh thing my is God, an, addiction. It's such an addiction. I mean, you, and it's like they all only, of us. The people listening and watching only hear and see us for an hour here, but we're in multiple group chats where it is just football 24 oh 7, and it stretches all year round um, dies down a little bit in the summer, but yeah, I'm full blown addict. I, I had the same thoughts. It's like, Holy shit. We're almost a month into the season. Um, but yeah. Teddy, you may be doing well. Uh, the jets on the other hand are not doing well. Let's not dive right showing. into that Bengals game. It was a rough one as well. Um, uh, the final was, do I, I don't even have the final 27 to 12. 27, 12. I was, for some reason, was thinking 29, if you're, 15, if you're wondering how did the jets score 12 points, they scored four field goals, zero <laughs> touchdowns. Teddy, before the show, Teddy was like, hey, four scoring drives. They just yeah. were all field goals. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I, I guess, listen, the Jets, it was another game that was just like a disappointing game and we lost. I, I do just want to preface because we're going to, you know, get down in the dumps about why the Jets lost this game. They're very weak in a lot of places, whatever. I do just want to say, everyone's like losing their mind. Like I wanted to win this game too, but the, the Bengals are probably better than the jets. Don't you think like just overall. Definitely. And we Definitely. all kind of went into this year being like, yeah, I think the jets will probably have anywhere from like six to nine wins, like depending. And then they come out and lose to the Bengals, And it's like the sky is falling. It's like, all right, let's, let's take a chill pill. There are things that are wrong that are bad with this team. And, and, you know, there's a chance that things go the wrong way, but I also think there's a solid chance that, you know, we continue to build, continue to, excuse me, improve. And, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll hopefully just have this season be a positive um, on the way to this dynasty that we're building. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, the, the quick spin of optimism there. Yeah. Quick spin of optimism. But yeah, I mean, to me, what this game was, um, I don't know. It, 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 it really to me felt like another jets game where our offensive line couldn't block anyone and our defensive line couldn't sack the other team's quarterback 
And that was like the story of the game for me. And the Jets just couldn't do enough to, to win to overcome those two things. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about both sides of that football, but you're right, right in the trenches leading up to this week. It's okay. We faced really talented pass rushes the last two weeks, you know, Baltimore with their size, Cleveland with Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney. And it's like, okay, this isn't going to be the most difficult front four that we're going to face all season. And there's a, a ton of great ones that are coming up on the schedule, which is ee, scary. Um, and then on the flip side, it was like, okay, the Bengals have given up the league high in sacks through two weeks into the season, 13. You kind of have to take that with a grain of salt because week one, TJ Watt, you know, probably up there, if not for being injured, defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons week two in Dallas. The Jets necessarily don't have a guy of that nature, but it's still a bad Bengals offensive line. And it was that same story where it's like, we're getting to the quarterback, we're getting pressure, we're hurrying and we're chasing Burrow out of the pocket. But if you can't bring the guy to the ground, that doesn't do much at all too. Um, so yeah, it, it's a frustrating loss because I think there was a lot of momentum following the Cleveland win and we said it last week. It's a very lucky win. Like you can be happy with the victory, but understand a lot had to break your way. We also said, and, and I know I spoke on this Cincinnati was coming in, uh, in a desperate spot. They can't afford fresh off a Super Bowl berth to start the season. zero and three, you knew they were going to come out and try and get things right for their season. 27 points, definitely a good start for them there too. So I think it situationally, it's just unfortunate. And we've talked about the front half of the schedule and how brutal it is. I just, I, I, I kept saying this at the beginning of the season. I truly don't see the jets really racking up these wins until week 10 here. So I know that you want to be optimistic, but it's, it's about how the team starts to look better, not the results to me. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, if we want to go into things more specifically, Teddy, you know, we, we just spoke about the trenches a little bit, but what are your thoughts on the offense? Yeah, I, Oh, go ahead. Were you going to no, say you're something fine. else? I was just going to say, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Something don't about know. the Jets being bad. Really <laughs> no, that's cool. I was, you know, I was muted or whatever. I just think that the Jets and the Bengals or, or no, what I was going to say was the, um, See, sometimes you just start a sentence. Hope you find it along the way. Yep. Um, you know, like this beginning of the schedule, you know, it it's difficult. And it's like, how are we going to rack up these wins? That's where like a win from last week. It's like, yeah, it was lucky. Like, at least we snuck one in. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we stole a win. Like, let's try yeah. to steal a couple more. So, so, you know, in some, in some respects, we're already ahead of schedule. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess we can start with this offense um, and, you know, Joe Flacco over 50 pass attempts again. Um, Cause you know, the jets were just trying to get back in this game. The offense did move the ball um, mm -hmm. to some extent. They, they, they didn't look horrible. I thought, you know, overall the receivers had good games um, just with the opportunities presented to them. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson obviously was doing his thing again and Elijah Moore made a few plays um Tyler Conklin's been more involved in this offense the past two weeks so I think overall um kind of the pass catchers were fine and and you know the running backs did everything they can Brees Hall freaking targeted in the passing game a ton Joe yeah. Flacco loves checking down to those running backs um 
so I guess like from a skill player perspective, I think that we, we kind of looked okay, but what was the real, um, you know, Achilles heel of this team was just the offensive line. And again, especially that left side of the offensive line with George Fant um, just getting beat off the edge. I do think we are low key, like disrespecting Trey Hendrickson. Cause we keep saying how like, yeah, oh, they, he's a, he's they don't a have that good edge. of a line. Like he's a good player. Um, and, and, you know, they used him to replace Carl Lawson and he's had more success there over the last two years than Carl Lawson has. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I really, I think that's the story is the line just continued to get beat. And we kind of talked about how we're going to continue to learn and hopefully this will be a better, a, a better matchup for George Fant and the offensive line. Um, and, and we hoped that they would get it figured out and kind of look competent. Um, but just overall, I mean, they were really just getting beat up most of the day, still unable to kind of run up the gut, um, in the middle of that line. And just the pass blocking just isn't good enough, especially when you have Joe Flacco, um, who can't really move around. So I kind of thought that was the story of the day, even though we were able to move the ball in big spots, we either had stupid penalties, um, had drop passes, or, you know, we had, um, Joe Flacco getting sacked. Yeah, I not to uh, just throw a question at your face and, and catch you off guard right. here. I didn't really watch a ton of the Jets this past year through three weeks. Does this offensive line look – is it taking a step back from last year? Because I thought last year it wasn't – it looked like they were finally starting to get things going. You bring in Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. You move ABT over to the right side. Fant has obviously – and we'll talk about him a little bit later too now that he is on the IR – taking a massive step back. What are your comparing year to year? What do you see here? Yeah, last year I thought the offensive line was like mostly okay, um, except for the um, like the games where we had a lot of injuries is when they kind of really looked horrible, and that's why kind gotcha. of people still think like, oh, the Jets had a terrible offensive line. Um, this year, I'd say it's been worse. I, I do think that like they've looked okay in points. I yeah. really think like the weakness has just been George Fant getting beat off the, the edge and, and, yeah. and really like killing a lot of plays. I mean, how many times are we going to watch Joe Flacco fumble the ball because he gets hit in his blind side? And I mean, you, yeah. you don't want to just single one guy out and, and, but, but that has been the biggest hindrance of this offense through three games is. Joe Flacco has what four or five fumbles just off his getting hit from his blind side. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's tough. I mean, Fant, listen, we talked about it. Like everyone wanted to crown him because he had this great year and then you're moving him around back and forth all camp and he, he just doesn't look the same. Um, and now he's obviously hurt. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, I wouldn't say I do think there's times where Joe Flacco had time in the pocket and, you know, where, where they do get some type of push. So it's hard for me to like really say they stink, but just in so many key moments, they're letting up a sack or a big play. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I would say probably overall they've looked worse, but I think most of it comes from that left tackle position. Yeah. And if you think about it, they've had, so they, they, they are down three tackles now. So compared to what they watched yeah. in the season for, they're down their top three tackles. Moving forward, it is going to be uh, McDermott and uh, and Mitchell, which is just like... God, I hate Connor McDermott. It's crazy that this is where the, the Jets are at at tackle now, and it's 
you know, I don't know. We've had that, we had that conversation in the off season where it's like, you know, you hope they did enough to address the tackle position and we're sitting here and it's even worse than we thought it would be. Right. Um, and, I, you know, and Max and, and you Mitchell, get on... mm-hmm. just, just real quick on Max Mitchell. Uh, he's like looked good Fine. for what he is. Yeah. But you, you also just have to remember what he is. Like he doesn't look terrible. That's fine. But he's also not yeah. a pro bowl tackle. He's not experienced. So like there is those growing pains. So, so, I mean, you're right. It's just what we expected our tackle play to be and what it has been is kind of the story of, of how this team's success has gone. Yeah. And watching the offense, I, and like we talked about it last week, I thought LaFleur did a really nice job adjusting the game plan to fit around Joe Flacco that needs to stay the same moving forward with Zach Wilson. I don't think we go back to this week one offense. I think it's a lot of these deep dropbacks. I think it's a lot of this play action because with this tackle situation, you're bringing back Zach Wilson, but you also are bringing him back after a scary injury where he, you know, I know that the Jets are saying we're going to wait till he's 100%. There is still that concern with the bone bruise that this is one of those injuries that can take a while to actually get to 100%. So if he's out there and it's 100%, but not 100%, this offense needs to do as much as it can to get Zach Wilson so far away from edge rushers and these play action boots that get him to the outside quick. Like I agree. A, a lot of the short passing stuff, the three-step dropbacks, the tackle situation and the lack of pop we've seen from the interior guys as well, too. Like it, this offense needs to stay the way it is right now to make sure that Zach Wilson can last, you know, to that end part of the season when they get to face some of these easier opponents. Definitely. Um, out. Outside of that, offensively, you know, there are a few shows, you know, they are trying to get Elijah Moore involved into this game. And they were targeting him down the field, but they're not getting him in the way. And you said this before we recorded, they're not getting him opportunities close to the line of scrimmage, which is interesting. You know, they are doing a lot of dink and dunks to Conklin and Brees Hall. and, And Elijah Moore is that burner that's like go routes and just throw it up there. And that's what, you know, you know, Zach Wilson's arm coming back will probably help. Joe doesn't have that at this moment. There was a, the second drive, it was a third and nine, I believe. And it, Joe Flacco ripped a shot toward the end zone for Elijah Moore. The ball was too far on the inside and the DB was there. If it was just a little bit further to the outside, it's one of those things where it's just like, if you're that much closer, Elijah has the room. It's got the separation from the DB could have been a touchdown. So it's plays like that where you're just like, man, they're, they're trying to get him involved. um, But it seems like they're only doing it on the deep passing concepts. Yeah. To that point, I mean, looking at the, uh, the targets right here, Elijah Moore, 10 targets, you know, tied yeah. for second with Garrett Wilson, only behind Brees Hall. Um, he had four receptions for 49 yards. It, it's. It, I'm glad that they were targeting him. And I, I personally, and we can kind of get into this um, and, and we'll, as yeah. we're on the offense, we can kind of start with Mike LaFleur. Um, I personally think that coaching offensively was fine in this game. I I don't think it was horrible. My one thing with Elijah Moore is I do, I do wish they gave him um, some more quick opportunities just in the short game, just to kind of get him going a little bit, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, get his feet under him, just a couple easy catches, whereas they were just trying to get him the ball deep and kind of, to this point of the season, Elijah Moore really hasn't made a ton of plays. You know, I think four catches is his most per game, uh, per any game, but all of almost all of his receptions are coming in like very important times, 
second and long, third and long, when we really need a play. So the the utilization and the idea of like getting him involved is there. And I want to commend LaFleur for that. I just do think, you know, they need to make a little bit more focus of, of let's get the ball in this guy's hands and see if he can make a play. Um, you know, and maybe, maybe uh, Joe Flacco seems to like Garrett Wilson a lot, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe Zach Wilson will look Elijah Moore's way a little bit more, but, but I mean, 10 targets, it's not like they're not trying. It is funny that, um, you know, and it's obviously Braxton has a very specific role in this offense, but it's like, just give Elijah Moore the end around one time, just that see what he can do with the ball in his hands. It's like playmakers in space. That's just what right. the NFL is right now. The way the defenses let you play, it's just get the ball out to your playmakers. And look with the deep passing stuff, this is actually interesting. I don't want to go too off into a tangent about this, but you know, I think the, please do the recent, um, NFL play offensively and we the last two years it has been just bombs away down the field opened up the deep passing attacks it started with Tyreek Hill it goes to Jalen Waddle all of these burners now are just like pushing and the difference has been is now defenses are just running two high safeties the majority of the time and it has cut down yep. a lot of that so in terms of like feeding Elijah on those go routes they're giving him the targets but those opportunities don't really exist much often unless you've got two deep burners at the same time, you know, uh, a team like Miami or um, Buffalo who can do that as well too. You have to have, it's just, it's tougher to get those deep shots now. And the defense is always a year or two behind the offense. They pick up, okay, what are the offenses doing now to stretch us out? How do we react right now? It's two two deep safeties. And I'm going to put a pin in that because I want to talk about that when we get to the defense and Jordan Whitehead. Um, hmm. Speaking of the wide receivers though, I, I did see like, I don't know if you ever saw this rumor and people were floating it around and it, I think it got shut down pretty immediately, but it was like, man, teams looking for wide receivers should take a look at Corey Davis. Um, I don't get that. I don't get I why saw, the Jets would do that. Yeah, me neither. No, I, I think Rich Samini um, tweeted out like that's who it was that, yeah, yeah. that he heard from someone that that teams are inquiring. Um, yeah. I think it's just one of those it's like, okay, who's, who's the veteran who the, who the team maybe won't pay um, who maybe they'll look to trade. Like it's just like who fits that narrative. And then that's Corey Davis. And sure. It does make sense. I personally, I mean, we've talked about it. I think having Corey Davis as this number three really solidifies our wide receiver room, you know, to the max and, and you lose him and then it's like, okay, do we have to rely on Barrios and then Jeff Smith, you know, Denzel Mims didn't suit up last yeah. week. So you're, you're really kind of just saying goodbye to your depth if you traded him. So I, I, I do not think that's going to happen. I honestly think the jets are going to keep him around next year. Um, I think he's but, in the opportunities he gets. He's, he, he had a good, a couple of grabs in this one. Um, there was a, my note was good Corey Davis play. Why would they trade him? I uh, yeah. I just like, there are these third down opportunities where he got over the middle. There was one. It's just, That's, when you're a I think team, both of his receptions were, were just kind of like third downs where you needed to play and you just have yeah. a veteran guy and people want to talk shit about Corey Davis first drops. I mean, sure. He's had a few drops while he's been a jet, but he's had a few big yeah. plays as well. Of course. And when you're a team that, you know, as we move forward to the rest of this season and you're trying to figure out what you've got in your young quarterback, why are we going to just start trading away 
weapons. You know, yes, we've yeah. upgraded at receiver, we upgraded at tight end and running back, but that doesn't mean we need to just start giving away other pieces too. And his contract is is easy to get out of. It's not like they're tied to this Kenny Galladay type deal. Um, <sighs> no, so, fully agree. Yeah, I mean, anything. I'm glad you worked that in. <laughs> Actually, uh, I I have this giant giants jets thing in my head right now where i just like do you think the johnsons are just standing over and looking at the giants and they're saying they have such a lower payroll they have such a worse team talent wise their offensive line is worse their defense is worse their quarterback is probably worse their wide receivers are worse uh tight end probably worse Yet they bring in a guy and two weeks in, you know, they're already starting to rattle off wins. I know the Giants season could go many different ways, but do you think that pisses them off to just be like, we've been building for a couple of years who with Joe Douglas, they bring in Joe shine and Brian Dable. And they're already getting like the giants are the buzz of the city right now. Yeah. I, I think you're giving We're playing the results too, too much credits. I mean, first of, of all, we just saw him lose last night yeah. or two nights ago. Of course. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, like the giant. I mean, the Giants' first two wins were like vintage 20, 2019 Sam Darnold wins. You know, like yeah, they were this wins is a where bad team. the team figures it out. But of course, but nothing about watching the Giants makes me say like, man, I wish that we were as good as the Giants. No, no, and <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like they're they're talented. finding their way to wins, and we've kind of talked about it. It's like these coaches. When, when the result is a win, like these coaches just, you know, it doesn't really matter like what happened in the game, because at the end of the day, you figured it out and everything is going to be positive. And when the results are lost, you know, everything's going to be negative. So, so Brian Dable, I mean, yeah, he's I getting just, the, the love quick, but I, I think this Giants season is going to turn around quick. Well, that's the thing is like, we're, we're talking about it three weeks into the season. And I also would think, you know, the Giants, they, what they beat the Titans who look bad. They beat the Panthers who look Bad. decent decent at best but probably bad they lose to the cowboys with cooper rush so i agree i think the season i think it's a little like buying into the love and just dable as a coach but um i mean it's just i don't know I, they have to me one of the worst three rosters in all of football and in terms of starting quarterbacks a bottom three quarterback um and and you know offensive line is terrible the defense is shot i i don't know it's it's just going to be fun to monitor as the year goes on. If the Giants are staying competitive in all these games and the Jets are just getting blown out and blown out and blown out, that's going to start getting people pissed off about this because the Giants are in the tank year of this rebuild. They are in the gut the roster tank. Um, I We don't need to go much further there because you're right. It's three weeks and they beat two shit teams and couldn't beat the Dallas Cowboys without Dak. So, yeah, there you go. Um. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about this fucking shitstorm of a defense. If, <laughs> yeah, I don't, like I don't want to talk about him. Yeah, go right ahead. You want to start us off? Yep, I, I, I do. Because all week, last week, there was one key to the game that was in my head all week. You know, we talked about it over and over again in the podcast. And, and I said, I said, we're going to learn a lot about the Jets this week. We're going to have more answers. And we're going to see how can this um defensive line and pass rush perform against you know a below average nfl offensive line that allowed 13 sacks through through two weeks um and i really think the the answer to that question 
was not a positive one. You know, we saw this Jets pass rush kind of look the same as it's looked the past three years, you know, where sure, maybe we won a little bit more like technically one-on-ones off the edge and we were, we were pressuring the quarterback and making him move, but just consistently the same as it's been the past few years, we have just consistently, they were just not able to wrap up the quarterback, get your hands on him and get him down. And Joe Burrow was just able to escape and escape and escape and, you know, roll out in the pocket and then was able to make plays down the field, which, you know, any secondary is going to give up plays down the field if if the pass rush isn't able to get there quick enough. Um, and so I think that is just where I'm really feeling like bad about this Jets team and where, you know, it, that is such an important part of, of this team is having a dominant D line. And the idea of this team being able to take a step and, you know, be competitive and, and become one of these, you know, middle to top tier teams in the NFL really does, you know, rely on that defensive line becoming, you know, good to great. So just to continually, like, again, not see the results and not see the ability to get home and get to the quarterback, um, it, it was really, really disappointing. And I think that was just one of the, like, that was why they were able to kind of do what they could offensively um, because they were able to make plays kind of late three, four, five seconds um, after the snap. Yeah. Oh, here's the, the problem with like the way that this defense, and it's a scheme that is used by a dozen teams in the league. You know, it's, it's, if you're going soft zone, that means you need to get pressure with four. And if you can't get pressure with four, a team like Cincinnati that has three great wide receivers and a talented running back out of the backfield. And fuck, even Samaj P. Ryan gets involved with a passing touchdown or receiving touchdown there as well, too. If you're going to sit in a soft coverage all day and allow defenses, if it's a bend, don't break mentality, and you're supposed to get pressure with four, if you can't get pressure with four, everybody's going to be open eventually. That's just how it works. And there were many times where it's just T. Higgins balling out. Early in the, or it was late in the second quarter, early in the third, they were just going Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. Like it was like four plays in a row where they're just targeting Jamar. If you are just going to sit back and kind of, you know, do this bend, don't break mentality, you need to get pressure with four. And for a team that let up 13 sacks heading into this game, there was just zero pop from the edge. Got to give credit to the guys in the middle because for the third week in a row, I thought Quinnen and Sheldon did a very good job themselves. Uh, Rankins had a good sack there, a scary one too, where Joe after was like holding his knee and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I hope he's okay. Um, so a low hit there, but Quinnen was great. Quinnen um, has been awesome all year. Just, I mean, just like a revelation of a season. Yeah. And we, he's yeah. supposed to be good. He's a third overall pick. But what we said leading up to the season is get good players around him. And now he's balling out. <laughs> the problem is the guys around him just don't yeah. seem to be doing all that much. And he's, you know, doing great against the run, you know, and, and, Cute. but, Always. but pass rush isn't really what he's there to do. Um, obviously he's a part of that, but, but, you know, it just comes down to being able to get home. Yeah. He's been an animal. The D tackles I've been very happy with in the rotation that they've got going in there. Um, Okay, the the big thing for me, and it's, you know, it's a storyline that's has started, I guess, since Hollow was here last year talking about the defense is miscommunications and dumb penalties and just not being a smart defense. And last year, 
you could almost buy the excuse of there's just no talent on the defense. They went in and they brought talent, whether it's, you know, you're getting Lawson back from the injury. That's an upgrade. You draft Jermaine Johnson. You bring in a couple of edge rushers as well, too. You add Quan Alexander at linebacker, the back end of the defense. You go get DJ Reed. You draft sauce at four. You go get Jordan Whitehead and you pay him a ton. And we're sitting here three weeks in and it's still the same stupid mistakes. Quincy Williams and uh, and Sauce had a miscommunication on that Jamar Chase touchdown where it's just like, oh, we're going to leave the best wide receiver in football just open in the end zone? Okay, cool, thanks. So the miscommunication there and the stuff, last year you can say, man, it could be a combination of coaching and lack of talent. The talent is on this Jets team, which is now why I think it leads into a what the fuck is going on with coaching and you know, we talked before the season, how long does Albrecht get a little bit of a leash here? We're saying we're seeing the same dumb mistakes, uh, you know, 17, 20 games in now with this coaching staff. I'm, I'm sure that's got to be frustrating for you as a fan for the team. But then just what are your thoughts on him as a defensive coordinator or what the mentality of this defense is? Because it's the same stupid mistakes uh, game after game. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it is. And and it, it kind of is one of those things where um you, you don't know like where else to look, you know, who, who else can you blame for, yeah. you know, just continuously penalties, continuously missed communication and, and things like that. That Jamar Chase touchdown. I mean, if you go back and watch the whole pre-play, you know, they're sitting there and like talking to each other and, and trying to coordinate. And then all of a sudden uh, uh, the same Qu- Quincy Williams runs or, or something happened where the guy like ran inside right before the play. And then it's like, okay, well, obviously that cornerback you just told you were going to be there is not going to, is going to think you're there because you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, at some point, at some point it's like there, it's either the coaching, you know, and there's a lack of like discipline and, and teaching or just like the system itself, like the scheme is just not working because, um, the jets i mean they just haven't been able to like defend pass plays in the middle of the field they haven't been able to like get to the quarterback they they haven't been able to not get terrible penalties and so it, i i don't know man i'm kind of just at a loss of like something's got to change you have to address something and that does come fall on the coaching you know when you see mistake after mistake after mistake that's the same thing you got to make a change, you know, I mean, the players are something's going on, whether it's, whether it's changing the players, changing the scheme or or just doing something. I I think in no way can the onus not fall on the coaches at this point when it's the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. And for three weeks into the season, they've faced two very good quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Good wide receivers in Cincinnati and Cleveland has a very good running game. They've got Amari Cooper. They're not terrible there. As we look ahead to Pittsburgh, if Mitch Trubisky is, is dicing up this defense and there are blown coverages here and, you know, Najee Harris hasn't been able to get the ball moving on the ground because they don't have a great offensive line as well, too. This is going to be the big week where I'm like, this is an offense that has looked really shitty so far this season. Yeah. If the jets can't look mature, I guess is the word I'm looking for and just sound. Um, and, and Mitch is sustaining these long drives here where busted coverages and missed tackles are the story again. To me, that's where it's it's like, I'll give you the excuses of the talent we've faced so far. Pittsburgh doesn't have it right now. Yep. And, and I guess I do just want to kind of uh, 
I don't know, be the optimist again. Cause, cause I, yeah. I mean, Go ahead. I do definitely think like ha- how many of these big plays come down to missed tackles, you know, the, the ha- long Tyler Boyd touchdown, Jordan right. Whitehead, Jordan Whitehead tries to make a big hit, doesn't wrap up. Um, yeah. uh, there, there's other plays like in the run game where there's just missed tackles. Um, and I also think that kind of our safeties in the middle don't, don't play the, the greatest, uh, coverage always and then I also think there's an aspect of look at the the Ravens game where the defense largely played a very good game um and then you look at last week where you know obviously there were some issues but there there were some positives and I don't know I I do just think like there obviously there's positives and negatives and I do think a lot of it also does come down on the players it's not just the coaching yeah I I don't Definitely. personally think after three weeks we're saying, hey, fire Jeff Ulbrich. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, we've talked about it. He is the most expendable guy in this staff. And, yeah. and if the Jets continue to lose and the defense continues to not look great, he's going to be the one who has to answer for it. And it's just the way it is. Um, I do want to talk about our cornerbacks because along yeah. with saying we were going to find out a lot about the defensive line, Last week, I said we're going to find out a lot about um, these cornerbacks and how they can do. T. Higgins had a great game, made a lot of great plays. Overall, I thought DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner were phenomenal. I mean, really held their own, Um, especially Sauce on Jamar Chase was awesome. I think he allowed one catch um, um, to Jamar Chase all day. You look, Jamar Chase only had 29 yards. He had six receptions. I think four of them came on one drive. Mm-hmm. Um, play after then, play after. It was literally right. just like four straight plays. And to. then you had Tyler Boyd making play after play. He only had four receptions, but he had the long one on the missed tackle. He was kind of the guy in the middle of the field where we're the weakest. Um, so definitely, you know, as, as you know, bad of a loss as it was, I do think that the uh, – the Jets cornerbacks, especially against, you know, two of the best receivers in the league really showed up. Um, and, you know, at least we only let up 27 points as opposed <laughs> yeah, to like 40. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it was the end of the world defensively. Um, no. A lot to work on. I think that, you know, uh, it takes a lot for me to be pessimistic. It, it, this team's not going to do anything without a pass rush. I mean, they're just not. And, and yeah. it, that's the NFL. And it's like, that needs to get fixed. Carl Lawson needs to start winning, you know, Jermaine Johnson, who John Franklin Myers, like all these guys just have to start winning off the edge. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can probably look this up, but like, what is our blitz percentage? Like, do we ever not just rush for, there were a couple of plays that I saw, but you're right. It's, it's really just, but that's what this defense is. That's what the, that's what this heavy cover three zone defense. It's the Seattle scheme. It's some type of adjustment because we have to get to the quarterback. Well, that's the problem is like this defense built itself in Seattle back in the Legion of boom. And it was the Legion of boom because those guys up front were fucking animals. They just Mm -hmm. got to you all day. So you could let Richard Sherman sit in the back there you had Bobby Wagner over the middle of the defense it was all just built up front and it you know Robert Soller maybe it was Douglas who said it in the offseason it's one hand washes the other you know the defense you know allows the DBs you know it doesn't give them 
too much time where they have to protect. And then the DBs, if they shut down, well, it gives the pass rush more time. But it's like, no, if you're going to be sitting in these soft zones, it really is just the pass rush getting there with four. So you're right. It is a schematic thing where it's just like, you you want to dial up blitzes but this defense has just been so it's been built for a decade now over just getting pressure with four and it, it's such a great point and I want to kind of piggyback off what you're saying and give another position group a little bit of a shout out here the most disappointing position group to me defensively has been the edge rushers I thought most we certainly. ran through the depth chart five times this offseason we're just like man this is going to be a problem for defenses it has been non-existent I thought the linebackers were going to be so disgusting this year. And I have been pleasantly surprised three weeks in, uh, you know, we talked about Quincy Williams and that miscommunication there. He had a fantastic game before getting banged up, um, you know, downhill in the run game. Those guys are animals. Quan gets down there. CJ's getting down there. Quincy as well too, especially on these outside zone runs. I mean, they're laying some pops down there. So I That's like fun. what I've seen from the linebackers and, you know, for Jordan Whitehead, I know I talked about the two deep safeties and I wanted to bring that up with Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead had a few good plays coming down in the run game and laying some pop on outside runs, but he's just, he's not a pass coverage safety. And the problem is, is that Joyner at 31 isn't either coming off of an injury. You need a coverage safety and they have none right now. And that's a problem. You know, it, Yes, the corners have looked great, but at the end of the day, they can only do so much. They're going to need help on some of these plays here. Um, and so, you know, as, as the game went on, you could just kind of felt like Burrow was doing the dink and dunk game, but it was working. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, when I looked at what this defense was going to be, I've just, I was completely wrong because the edge room has been non-existent. The linebackers have been better than I thought they'd be um and the safeties I was so in on the Jordan Whitehead signing the problem is is if you need him in coverage it's not really what he was you know all of his plays in Tampa were just being a box safety and just hitting and laying the smack down and he's doing that but he's spending too much time you know roaming the back end of the defense where it's like are we getting the best value out of out of Jordan Whitehead this early into the season yeah I think it it these defensive struggles just really encapsulate like what this Jets season could be, you know, and it could just be another kind of shitty below average season where we're not really being competitive. And, and, you know, it's exactly what you just said. Like the, the, the one hand has to watch the other, the edge rushers have to help the secondary and the secondary has to help the edge rushers. You know, if, if your edge rushers aren't getting, any pass rush and then your secondary is letting guys run open like it's just not going to be a combination yeah. that's going to work you're not you washing know? your hands <laughs> you're not washing and your hands at all <laughs> it, it really comes down to i don't think this this d line has like shown the inability to like win or the inability to get pressure or get a good push off the no, line they're there it's just the inability to finish and it's so frustrating to see over and over and along with that inability to finish it's just can you maintain the edge of the defense of the pocket throughout the play and they've shown that they can't you know the defensive end will try to work inside to get a win and then the quarterback just rolls out and what's surprising about it is that's something again we talked about kind of all offseason and week one I thought they did phenomenal just keeping everything inside of them in the run and the pass they and it was great, Lamar. Exactly. They did great kind of keeping Lamar inside and not letting him get around the edge. Um, 
And then these past two weeks with Jacoby Brissett and Joe Burrow, it's like these guys are running free toward the sideline anytime there's pressure. So yeah. it, it, it's just, you know, this is the modern day NFL where edge rushing is so, so, so important. And the Jets have to be able to get a push up front if they want to do anything. And I really just think that's really what it all comes down to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because, again, I yeah. think there's a lot of play, a lot of players on this defense that are playing well and playing better than they, they we kind of expected them. Um, but with the lack of just solid edge play, it's kind of all for naught. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like we've we've done a good job discussing the frustrations and I guess the positives of this game. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we move? Greg Zerline, four for four. That, you, good Shout question. Out. Good good job. Good bringing him yeah. up. And long field goals for a couple of those too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't just gimmies. No, yeah, and I think he had a decent game last game too. I think it was really just that yeah. first one where he had the misses. So you know. Just shy. I just want to throw that out there because we have so many shitty kickers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Let's talk about next week because guess what? The Jets are bouncing back with a win. Little tease on my prediction there. Wow, there we go. All right. Teddy's coming in hot. Well, Teddy, when they go into Pittsburgh, they'll be without George Fant. And we mentioned that a little bit too. He's ah, heading to the fuck. IR here. Forgot about that. <laughs> Talking about some of the news. <laughs> um, knee injury taken out of the Cincy game people are like people at first thought he was benched because he was playing bad which he could have been but uh comes out he's a little banged up he's heading to the IR so out for at least the next four weeks so like we said Connor McDermott Max Mitchell at tackle um you know the other news is that we are still we haven't gotten a full clearance yet but it does just seem like the timeline for Zach Wilson does feel like it's happening um so the yeah Jets so what's today Tuesday yeah Tuesday we're when we're recording this, this no, no news yet, I guess. I, the last I saw was they are waiting for full clearance from the doctors, but this is he's still on the time. Yeah. 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 And I think, I mean, I, I didn't see like a practice report, but I did see videos of him running around without a brace, you know, practicing yeah. and stuff. So we can expect him to be back, I believe. Um, yeah. So barring any bad news, I guess the big, question and you don't have to have an answer for this but what we've seen from the Jets offense this year I think what we agree on is it's it hasn't looked as bad as it could have you know despite being down three tackles now I think they've done well moving the ball it's execution in the red zone and getting you know some turning some of these field goals into touchdowns Um, obviously they need to do a better job getting Elijah involved but the emergence of Garrett Wilson what we've seen from the running back room how do we feel about this offense coming back with Zach Wilson here? Like, what are you, do you have any expectations? Have they, you know, we had expectations for Zach before the injury. Now that we've seen the rest of the offense, do you feel better about Zach coming into this room or do you feel a little bit more worried? Yeah, it's hard. I I think I feel um, scared and I feel (laughs) it's, it's, you know, it's a question mark. I mean, just frankly, it is. I I don't, it is. And I think what it comes down to is, um, you know, exactly what you just said. The Jets with Joe Flacco, the offense did look okay, you know, to some extent and was able to move the ball, was able to score some touchdowns um, last week, was able to at least put together some scoring drives this week. And and maybe if we cut down on the mistakes and have a little bit better of a quarterback, we can score some, some of those. And that's what I think, you know, our starting quarterback is coming in for our backup. 
So yeah. in theory, this should be a big <laughs> step be forward, better. you know, and I think with what you've seen from the rest of the offense, that opportunity should most certainly be there for Zach Wilson, especially yeah. just with the, um, the weapons, you know, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, Michael Carter. Um, what I think the fear is, is kind of Zach Wilson's two biggest weaknesses were, um, you know, holding on to the ball too long, trying to make a play downfield as opposed to just getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, and then just kind of the off platform inaccurate throws. And I think that what I'm scared of is this offense with Joe Flacco was hindered because Joe Flacco was unable to kind of move around in the pocket, get away from pressure when he needed to Zach Wilson's most certainly going to be able to do that better. He's going to be able to kind of roll out, you know, hopefully move up and down in the pocket, things like that. But what I worry about is um, Zach Wilson needs to show that he kind of has that like command and how he knows where he's going with the ball so that if pressure's coming, he kind of can say, you know, if he takes a step to the right, he's keeping his head downfield and he's still able to make a play um, and get the ball out of his hands quickly, as opposed to, sure, it'll be great if Zach Wilson can extend the play and roll out, but if he's just going to throw a deep bomb that maybe gets picked or gets sacked eventually after holding on the ball too long, that's not going to really help. Um, so I, in terms of expectations, you know, if, if things go well and he's able to kind of show that he's cool and collected in the pocket and can get the ball out of his hands and then, you know, roll out and make something happen when he needs to, then I really do think he can succeed. But still, despite what we've seen from this offense and the some success they've seen, the question mark of is he going to be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly and is he going to be able to fix those accuracy issues are still kind of front and center in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you've said everything that's I, I echo all of those thoughts. I like the idea that he is coming into a skill room that is significantly better than what it was last year. Um, I am a little worried, obviously, about the tackle situation and just you would you would prefer your quarterback coming back. From I ignored that. But yeah, that too. has. <laughs> yeah, you would you would worry you would want your quarterback coming back from an injury that he would have a, a strong offensive line in front of him, not down to its, you know, number four and five tackles from what they wanted this season. So that part worries me as well, too. But like, as, as I was saying earlier in the episode, the way that LaFleur has adjusted the offensive game plan to give the quarterback more time, I think is the, the recipe here where it's, you know, Zach doesn't do great under pressure. There are some accuracy and timing things he needs to be more consistent with. So when you're going up against defenses that are good, as he will for the first, you know, four or five weeks in the season, he needs as much time as humanly possible. So um, to me, it's, you know, it's weeks two and three. I thought LaFleur did a good job building the offense to fit Joe Flacco, but now I need Zach Wilson to fit to that offensive scheme, at least until the line is better, at least until he starts to feel a little bit more comfortable. Obviously he's athletic. He can move out of the pocket and run. Um, like Flacco can't but just in this situation where you're coming back against good defenses week in and week out you don't have tackles there I'm playing it safe I want Zach Wilson here until week 18 I don't want him getting banged up again in one week because you know he's not seeing you know the blind side you know guy take him out four or five times a game so fine. I think that this should be a good 
opportunity for him. It's it's tough. I I I don't like who he has to face for the first month of, of this season now. You know, at least if he was healthy, he could have walked into the Cleveland game and had some like easy dink and dunks. And honestly, the Cincinnati defense wasn't that great either. So that would have been two games there where I would have liked it. But um, you know, obviously we can't control that. So no, yeah. Um, and he's just kind of getting thrown into the fire. And he is. with the injury, he's kind of losing out on, you know, if he came out week one and kind of put up a dud um, and even week two, there's still kind of that. All right. It's the beginning of the season. Let's kind of see where he is. You know, people are going to have a short lease with Zach Wilson, it, it seems, um, in terms of just criticism and, and really letting him hear it just because, I mean, hey, the Jets are one and two and have been mostly disappointed. Um, and Zach Wilson is, you know, supposed to be the guy. And I think it's time that we find out yes or no, whether he is. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be fun to see. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I have confidence. And I think, you know, it's going to be fucking awesome not to see Joe Flacco back there. And when you see the left tackle starting to get beat. Yeah. Actually hope, excuse me. You're, actually hope maybe burp, our quarterback can like today. run around um and and get away from the guy as opposed to just like oh there goes for the, the statue that is joe flacco um yeah. but yeah i don't know it'll be exciting um i guess let's talk about pittsburgh man i mean what yeah let's tell me about their defense a little bit more i know it, who's their uh what which what do they have is he out for the season He's, he's out one? for a while. I don't. Did they call him for the entire season? He's not playing anytime soon. I don't know, I know that, but at he's least on you don't the have to go against him. That's yeah. a positive for the Jets. Yeah, I don't know. To me, Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, the story with Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. They're always a competitive team, no matter you know what their situation is. You know, two years ago they had that crazy ten and zero start to their season. It flailed out, obviously, but. Um, just consistently as, as a franchise, they are always tough. They're physical. Like they just have a certain, um, they're, they're kind of like new England and, and Baltimore, where I feel like a, a lot of the league over the last five years has like adapted to this, you know, spread offense. We're going to get the ball out. And it's, you know, it's almost like the, what is it? The big 10 or 12. I always get that confused in college football. It's like, the Oh, big, big 12. Big 12 football. It's like, oh, no one cares about defense. It's just all offense, offense. And these three franchises um, are just like, no, we are still going to play gritty football. We're going to eke out wins because we can control a 38-point game. You know, it's it's a lot easier for us to just win ugly than it is to try and keep pace and get lucky with other ones. So for the, you know, Steelers and for this upcoming game, just because I always uh, like to take a look, that the point total is at 40 and a half which is disgustingly low for what is the third week in a, or fourth week in a row now uh, for a New York Jets football game. Steelers are three and a half point favorites at home. So they're not saying there's a huge gap here. You know, Cincinnati came into New York as a six point favorite last week. Um, it's kind of like the Cleveland one where it's like, hey, we're we're on the road, but it's, you know, the other team doesn't seem to have that much of a, a an edge on us. Offensively, they've looked terrible so far this season. Um, they have very talented wide receivers. Najee Harris is a talented running back. They haven't been able to get much in the run game going. And then Mitch as a quarterback hasn't looks good. Has and been I, bad. Yeah, he's, he's been pretty bad. And, and Mike Tomlin is so persistent on, on sitting Kenny Pickett for his entire rookie season. I think that just goes back to these traditional franchises. You know, it's, it's funny to see it because I think Kenny, 
Uh, I noticed it in their most recent game for the Steelers was the game against the Browns. There was like two or three really bad throws from Mitch and the receivers just look over to the sideline. And it seems like they're yelling at the coaching staff. Like, can we please put this other fucker in at quarterback? Oh yeah. Um, And they were, you could just tell with like the way they were talking to each other and their body language. I mean, they were fed up. Um, Which is tough to see this early into the season, but we do know that heading into this week, it's still going to be Mitch Trubisky. So yeah, this is going to be an important one for me and my psyche. Um, I, I really think the Jets should, you know, I mean, at least be competitive in this game for sure. The Jets, I, I feel like I'm in no position to say they they have to win. Um, but it, it does just feel, you know, the defense should be able to have a, a good game against this offense. The offense hasn't really been successful so far. Uh, Mitch Trubisky hasn't looked good, like you said. So I really think that, Hopefully our defense can, you know, have a good game, kind of hold them. And then it really just comes down to like, is our offense going to be able to, to go against this like steel curtain of a defense? Um, and I think that's where we really kind of have to look to, obviously our line has to play better, but also kind of our playmakers that have been showing promises with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and, you know, our running backs. And I, I think that, if there's a strong game plan, if Zach Wilson, you know, looks okay, is making the right decisions, they have plays where he's getting the ball out of his hands. I think there is definitely a chance where the Jets can come out and look pretty good um, and, and win this game against a Steelers team that I, I really don't think is that good. Um, but again, you know, you have what what's the weakness against these young quarterbacks? It's these great defenses with these historic head coaches, you know, who have who've done it for X amount of years. And so a lot of pressure for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a winnable game. I think the Jets can definitely, definitely do something here. Um, and it will be very frustrating to me if they do not. <laughs> well, this is, you're right. This is one of those games. Go ahead. You say you want to say something. There was something else I wanted to say. Um, I keep doing this. I keep interrupting you. No, 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 no. Cause I was going to say it before I said all of what I just said, but then I forgot. Um, and now I can't remember, so I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say is like, these are the games where, and it's like the Cleveland one and it's not like the Baltimore and the Cincinnati one is, is like, if these coaches want to win these grimy games where they squeak out a 20 to 17 victory, that right now is the Jets best chance for a win. They're not going to be yeah. that team that is putting up 35 points a week. They're not at that stage. I think they want to get to that stage. Everybody wants to, unless you're one of these old traditional coaches, um, but they're just not at this point talent wise offensively. They're just, they, they don't have the line for it. Yeah. Who did the Steelers play last week? The bears? The Steelers played the Browns on Thursday night. The Browns. Okay. Yeah. Or this, this week. Yeah. That, that just happened. And yeah. they well 23, 20 or something like that. It was scoring, uh, ugly game. I think so. That, it, was, just, it was definitely ugly and low scoring to me. This, uh, this is going to sound kind of funny. 29-17. And it was really 23. There was that touchdown on the yeah. last play of the game. So it was 23-17. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound kind of funny, but but this is one of those games where, like, sometimes you'll be watching football on, on Football Sunday, and it's like the Steelers are playing the Browns or, like, I don't know, just two bad teams are playing each other. And then, you know, the Jets are, like, over here playing the Bills or, like, the Ravens <laughs> or the Bengals. And it's like – you get to see these other kind of bad teams. Like at least they get to play against each other and like, 
yeah, you know, one of them's gonna win. <laughs> um, that's kind of how I feel about this game. It's like, okay, it's it's the Jets who still have yet to prove themselves, and you know, we're hoping are good, but still aren't there against the Steelers team, who frankly just isn't that good. And while they have the coaching, while they have the defense, I don't see being a playoff team, I don't see being a real contender in this league. Um, I don't know. I think the Jets should come out, and this can really be again an opportunity to say hey, we're not the worst team in the league. You know, maybe we're in the bottom half, but it's a little different than it's been in years past. Um, and I think this will be a really important game for that because if the Jets come out and can't score all day, lose 17 to three or something like that, you know, this fan base is going to explode. And, miserable. you know, so. They're going to be miserable. Oh. Yeah, this is a big one. This is a big one. And then who do we got two weeks from now? The goddamn Dolphins. Three and oh, dolphins who look so good, yeah, so kind of. They kind of looked bad last week. The stupid bills, oh, but it's Buffalo. You can look bad I, against uh, yeah. Buffalo. Well, that's a solid point, yeah, solid point. But two is a loser, <laughs> he is a loser. I would love but to is... see Zach Wilson just come out and ball. That would be so fucking sick. Well, of course, it would be sick. I that would be the best case scenario. The, the rest of the season to me, it's not like can the Jets make a push for the playoffs? I know that's whatever, you know, the te- the people that are rooting for this team to do well, it's like, let's get to the playoffs now. Let's show in the second year all these additions we made. To me, this year is, do we, can we just stick with our quarterback or do we have to go switch again? So yeah, Zach Wilson coming out and balling out would be fantastic. I don't love the stretch of opponents he has to start off on it, but I, I do think this is a better opportunity for him than last year was, at least in just what he has around him. Um yeah, and and let, let's just talk about Garrett Wilson, gonna, Wilson again real quick. He is such a fucking baller. Like, like he oh, really we, we barely spoke and, about him, I feel like. And Zach Wilson needs to know. Yeah, but I, I feel like we do this at the end of every episode where we're just like, all right, now let's talk about Garrett Here Wilson. Here are our thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things. It's like it's it, when a rookie receiver comes out and and does what Garrett Wilson has done, like, like the question has been answered. Garrett Wilson is good. You know, yeah. like he is a good NFL player and is going to be able to be good again as long. Yeah, dude. Uh, a couple of my uh, friends just got married. They're Jets fans <laughs> and they had uh, they had shirts with their names. Blank, blank is, is good. good. I won't say their names, uh, but but it was very cool. Um, but yeah, I, I shout out Garrett Wilson. Finally, we get to see Zach Wilson, you know, and it's frustrating. We missed three weeks of this year. Um, Hopefully he can stay healthy, but I mean, hopefully this Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson uh, connection kind of gets going. Maybe we get mm-hmm. a little Andy Dalton, AJ Green sophomore season going and go to the moon. All right, Teddy, let's give it then. What are your predictions for this game? How do you see it rolling out? That's a good question. Um, low scoring. I won't say yep. it's 23-17 again, even though I want to. um i'm gonna say the jets win and listen listen some people say you pick the jets every week are you ever going to be honest this is my honest take i truly pick the jets to win despite my pessimism after this loss to the Bengals, because i think the steelers are clowns i did pick the jets over the Bengals, but well that's what i was going to say did you actually (laughs) think uh, i don't know that we i thought i had the right to still pick them to win 
because they were coming off the win and the Bengals were 0-2. True. If like yeah, the Bengals were 2-0, I maybe would have looked at it differently. And if That's we had a better point. opponent this year, I'd probably be more down in the dumps because, again, the goddamn Jets don't have a good edge rush and don't have a good offensive line. Got to get go. it figured out. Go listen to the pod if you missed it, if you just jumped in here at the end. Um, <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. I think the Jets are going to win 19-13. Nineteen to thirteen. Mm, How do you yep. score nineteen? Is it two field goals, two touchdowns, one missed extra point? Not a missed extra point, <laughs> but we go for two and don't get it. <laughs> oh, okay. And then, I like the scoring. I would rather let's get one touchdown and then four field goals. Four field goals. So we'll just yeah. add a touchdown to last week's score total. Yeah. That would that would that would suck. Yeah, that would be nineteen. No, I just, I really want, I mean, I obviously I want to see the defense like not suck dick against a bad offense, but I just really want to see the offense like do something with Zach Wilson. Cause you know, <laughs> these rookies are giving us reasons to be excited. You know, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall have looked awesome. Michael Carter's looked awesome. Like, come on, Zach Wilson, like go out there and make us prolific. This can be a conversation for another day because we've been going for a while, but the fact that it's these young rookies should be the thing that takes the jets from this medium level to a higher level. It shouldn't be we're taking these rookies are taking us from the basement to the, you know, the living room. That's what's frustrating about this team is we've got a lot of high paid players that are just, we're not getting the results out of that. We wanted it's Jordan Whitehead. It's uh, Lawson. It is, um, you know, I, I don't want to throw Corey Davis the in there because, line. you know, but the offensive line, like in Tomlinson, like in Tomlinson has George just Fan. not, he's been meh for me so far this year. Yeah. It's it's not been what I want it to be. So yeah, it's, it's crazy because like these rookies AVT's should be, AVT's looks he good. has, he has, yeah. these rookies should be the thing that is like the catalyst for this team that pushes them closer to the playoffs, but they're the only thing that's keeping them competitive right now. You know, Brees has looked great. Garrett Wilson has looked great. Sauce has been fantastic. Uh, Jermaine had a, 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 I believe, a pressure last week. I could be wrong, but he's been DJ Reed, free agent edition, has been the best corner on the team. I mean, Sauce has been great, but DJ Reed has been the guy. And yeah, we've got these high paid guys, some of the higher paid guys that are just, we're not getting what we should be out of them. It's a long season. We're talking about it in week three because this is what we do every week. yeah, and and on that, like this defensive line at any moment could take that step and and sure. be dominant and yeah. get a five sack game, but but we got to see it because I I'm done saying oh yeah this D line is a strength of ours, but that we just haven't been able to get home. We need nope. to start getting home. You know, it, it's it's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, Teddy, I I I understand that you have picked the Jets every week. I have picked these correctly every week. I am three and zero to start the season. I picked them really? to beat the Browns and to lose to the what do you uh, got here? Bengals. I got a loss. Fuck. I do. Thinks you're gonna lose. Be three and one. I know. This this, week. I'm ready for the. I'm ready for the streak to be done. Give me it. But um, I think this is going to be a 20 to 16 victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I just, I am, I, I think like you said, the big thing that you said is these head coaches that know how to dial up and confuse young quarterbacks. It's, it's just a, a tale as old as time, you know, it's like, 
it, the most one that I remember is like Justin Herbert two years ago was off to this unbelievable start as a rookie. And then Bill Belichick came into town and he looked like he had never thrown a football before. Obviously, you know, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. And that's a, that's a fun memory for you guys as well, too, to be mic'd up on Monday night football, but Zach, not fun. he's not a rookie, but he hasn't had a full season of play under his belt just yet. And he's coming into this defense that yes, there's no TJ Watt, but at all three levels, it is at the very least good. You know, they they've got linebackers that I like in Devin Bush and they bring in miles Jack as well too. Minka Fitzpatrick is a difference maker at safety. One of the two or three best in the league. Um, some, some good guys on the defensive line too. So I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think the Jets defense is going to hold up. Well, after I saw what they did, you know, what the corners were able to do. And I know that, you know, Higgins went off, but like you said, sauce with Jamar and, and the way that the corners were at least able to hold their own. I, yeah, the Pittsburgh receivers are talented, but they're not Cincinnati talented and they don't have a good quarterback throwing the Especially ball. Especially the inside. They don't have yeah. like a Tyler Boyd type guy. But, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just, I think it's going to be an ugly game, but I'm just going to side with the more consistent franchise, the coach that I know, the franchise that I know, and the Jets hopefully can one day be that. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to say it's, it's one of those where I think Zach looks decent enough, but it's still the same problems offensively where the offensive line doesn't help too much. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know, maybe not a great run game for them this week either too. I don't love the matchup with the Steelers interior guys versus the interior offensive line for the Jets. So I think they're going to have to go a little bit pass happy and hopefully Zach is, is on his money, but it's also the first time he's playing, you know, it's not like he got a ton of reps in the preseason. He didn't play a full season last year too. So I think there are better days for this offense ahead. I just, I, I don't like the matchup itself. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. This seems like a, uh, like a big game. I just gave you a 16 point loss and you're like, yeah, I'm excited. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm so numb to this shit though. Like you have to be, you have like to the be. Jets losing to the Bengals is just like, all right, it's another day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> another, another day in the life. Like, don't get me wrong. I very much wanted to win, but like, I, I did not think like the world was falling <laughs> because we lost. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think people just expected a, an immediate jump to like AFC contenders. Like, no, the Bengals were in the yeah. fucking Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And the Ravens well, are a great team. Yeah, that's... We get our quarterback back this week, and that's big. Zach Wilson that's on his big. way. Wouldn't that be crazy if by the time this drops tomorrow morning, <laughs> Zach is there just like, yeah, we're going to wait another playing. week. We're going to wait till Miami comes around. That'll be great. That'll we'll be clip sad. that, and that'll be something. Oh, we... this is what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, I would not be – this is a prediction. Feel free. Put this out on the Twitter sphere. We will. I would not be surprised if this is the – First time we see Kenny Pickett sometime in this game. Interesting. Why do you ask? There's something Why? about the Jets where there's always something always goes down when there's like a, a, a quarterback who's like waiting to play. Something always happens. Listen, I would never wish injury. I don't want to wish injury oh, on Mitch. Saying, yeah. But something always happens when these like young quarterbacks like Baker. Baker's first, the Browns' first win, I'm pretty sure, was Thursday against night football. the Jets when Baker comes into the game. It's Thursday and night. Like, like there's there's this weird lore. There's other games that, that I can't think of off the top of my head, um, but but I would not be surprised. Mm. It's just a very Jets thing if, if somehow we see uh, Kenny Pickett at some point in this game. So keep your eye out. Be interesting. Yes, Ugly first half would, for him. Yeah. You go into halftime, it's nine to six, and you're like, fuck this. Let's bring in well, the rookie. Yeah. 
I don't, I mean, they probably have to be losing by like 30 yeah. to for him or, to bench, which most or Mitch gets happen. hurt, like you're saying, you know, is the other situation right. in which it happens. There is a world where the Jets come out and blow this team out. <laughs> I like it. It might not be a realistic world, but that's in my head as a possibility. So I'm really hoping that the Jets could do something. Let's end this pod before I make any more blasphemous predictions. I'm just staring God. at the schedule and I'm just like, <laughs> here's a question for you. We love to do, we've done this three weeks in a row now where it's like, we'll get through everything we want to talk about. This it's is like, the yeah, best part of the pod. About. Yeah. <laughs> I low key <laughs> have been looking at starting Zach Wilson on my fantasy uh. team. <laughs> well, I have what? Russell Wilson who I'm trying to bench this week. Cause he's ass. <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to teach him a lesson. Right. And, but there's like nobody on the waiver wire. And I'm like, maybe I'll just throw out Zach Wilson and just really hope for the best. Um, yeah, I probably won't, but wouldn't that be cool if he just like, I did that. And he look, just there threw, like, is a touchdowns. world, there is a world where he's like, look, he was a number two overall pick. It was an up and down season for him. There was stuff that you like. There's stuff that you're like, I hope you fix that in the preseason. I didn't you know, you didn't see enough to really get a good judgment off of it. And now he's coming in hobbled. But yeah, if he's taken that step and and he's got a good connection with Wilson and uh, Elijah Moore can start getting the ball. I mean, there is a world where it starts to get better for them offensively. Like we're saying, this is the starter coming in for the backup. So you would assume everything we've seen up to this point is a little right. bit better, hopefully. Yes. Um, but also second year quarterback, first game in, maybe some growing pains. I don't know. Fuck, man. I'm going back and forth with my emotions here. Dude, let me just rattle this off one more time. Steelers, Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, Patriots, Bills, Patriots. Ugh. That sucks. What's wrong with Matt Jones again? That takes you to the end of November. What'd you say? What's wrong with Mac Jones? Uh, High ankle sprain. Okay, so he'll be back. Well, we're better than the Patriots. We're going to beat the Dolphins. Mm, who else the Broncos suck all right I'm not worried you don't know how to get me down Blake <laughs> I'm, I'm I will always come I'm back to you week. with optimism every week nah, <laughs> every I don't week know I... <laughs> I'd like the I'm Jets to win week. this game that would be sick I would like if the we Jets can to get win this game too I want you happy I want you happy yeah I need you I no, need a well, happy you always, I know I know Look, I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm 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 partially a Jets fan while I'm waiting for the Colts to to you know. Yeah, spit Colts in my beat face. the Chiefs though. Shout out, beat I, the I'm Chiefs. You didn't bring that up. Play right the away. Titans this week, and I just like if we get blown out by the Titans, I'm gonna kill myself. Can you say that on a podcast? Yeah, you can. No, you can say you're whatever you want. Get canceled. I'm gonna kill myself. Nah, it's just the void. You can say whatever you want into the void. Yeah. Um, all right, let's say goodbye to the <laughs> yeah, let's, let's wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Chasing 69. Follow us on Twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69. It's a lot of chasing 69s back in a row. YouTube the same, Teddy at Teddy Honcho. I'm at Blake Andrew Pace. Work is on Sports Illustrated as well, too. Thank you, Teddy. Thank you all for listening. And thank you to the New York Jets. Good luck against the Steelers this week. We'll talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>